Hello, humans. Hello, humans. Hello, humans of Minnesota, of Minneapolis, of America, of the world. It's me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio. And guess what? On this snowy, crappy day here in the Twin Cities, I am live. Hooray! It's show number 100 of LE 2.0 Radio, and you got me live for only the second time in the history of this show. And what does that mean, being live? First of all, it means that you can call in and you can talk to me for this next hour. And our number is 952-946-6205 that you can call in. And by the way, I'll say that ad nauseum throughout the whole show. So, listeners, if you have been listening to me on these Monday mornings uh, at 7 o'clock and you're like, I kind of like her, or even maybe you don't like me, I don't know, but you want to talk to me, give me a call, all right? And to make even put a cherry on top of the ice cream, I have one of my most favorite guests here to help me celebrate show number 100. I have Dr. Kurt Nelson, who is a behavioral psychologist. He's with the Lantern Group, as well as you've got a podcast. Is that right, Dr. Kurt? That is true. Behavioral Grooves. Okay. Behavioral Grooves. And how can people find Behavioral Grooves? Because they're going to want to after this show. Well, you can, any, any podcast service, you can just go and search Behavioral Grooves. Just type it in. It's Behavioral Grooves, just like it sounds. Oh, Behavioral Grooves, everyone. So I have Dr. Kurt Nelson here with me. Dr. Kurt has been on my show. I think this is show maybe number four that you've been on between the two shows when I did Hidden Edges Radio and now LE 2.0 Radio and the number 100 episode. Did I say that <laughs> enough? So, um, so Dr. Kurt, I wanted you on, um, first of all, because you're lovely and you are so, so smart and you're also a dear friend of mine. Um, but I wanted you on because I wanted to talk about happiness and kindness. Okay. You know? As an idealist for me, you know, um, I'm happy, uh, you know, I want to motivate people however they, we can get there for them to be idealistic. Remember idealism about feeling that you have an, a, a way to change, have, have some say in changing the world. And so, um, and I, you know, you and I have talked off, off uh, mic about this happiness and kindness. You know, what are you finding out there as it relates to human behavior and, and this is this kindness and happiness thing, is it random? I think that'd be my very first question. Is it just random, or is there something to us as humans? So, no, there is something to us as humans. So the piece that I find really fascinating, so you look back at philosophers throughout history, and they fall into two camps. They fall into this camp that humans are kind and altruistic people, and we're good at our core, and then you come into more of the Thomas Hobbes kind of folks who are saying, no, we are evil at the core, and, and we need to have these rules and, and other aspects coming into place. What has been recently, along with a lot of the anthropological, if I can get those words out of my mouth, the anthropological kind of research that's out there is saying, you know, when you look back, when you look back 70,000, 50,000, 30,000 years when we were hunter-gatherers, we lived in small communal areas and various different things, that for the most part, 
we were pretty good people. We we supported those others, and, and that was an evolutionary uh, piece. We had to. We had to support our community because if we didn't, we would end up dying, and thus we, we wouldn't survive. And so it's built into our DNA that, yes, we see somebody in in pain and suffering, and we need to go help them. If somebody falls down in, in my group and, and I go and help them, then I know that like, more likely that in, if I do the same thing, it's going to come back and, and, and pay its dividends. So Right. So, I mean, it's partly, you know, we're back to the schoolyard bully. Nobody wants to be friends with the schoolyard bully. Although the schoolyard bully, we can, we need to maybe get into that at some point in our in our hour here because about how schoolyard bullies motivate people to right. do certain things. <clears throat> but generally, if you have your choice, you want to hang out with the nice kids rather than the bullies. You do, right? I mean, and and, and you, we talked about you know this is kindness, but that's also the happiness aspect of that, right? <clears throat> I mean, are you happier when you're talking with the the bully and you're fearful for what's going to happen next, and you never know what this that's right. Gonna trigger them off or are you more happy when you're around these group of people who you know have your back yeah and let's, those are the people that you want to hang around with that, right let's chill yeah. let's chill that's right that's right well listeners um we're, we're i'm speaking with dr kurt nelson um who's a behavioral psychologist and my kind of psychologist i mean although i do like therapists <laughs> let me make sure that's clear okay yeah i don't put uh, people on the couch so yeah janet make sure you know i like your work as well um, but but we would love to hear from you. We're talking about happiness and kindness, but also this is the 100th show of LA 2.0 Radio. I'd love to hear from you if you want to just talk about one of your favorite shows. If you want to talk about the work that I'm doing, give me a call at, or give us a call at 952-946-6205. I also need to put a shout out to my uh, producer, Brett Johnson. Because Brett came in early today, special for this show. Mr. Brett, you are quite wonderful. So, Dr. Kurt, uh, this, this uh, thing about kindness versus evil, human, mm-hmm. the human um, heart, so to speak. You know, I, um, I've been doing a lot of speaking um, in, and trying to do a lot in greater Minnesota, greater Midwest. My listeners are sick of me saying that. Um, but recently, I was... <clears throat> I was in uh, Hastings, and I gave a, I gave a, um, a transgender 101 talk because the city of Hastings uh, they have a number of religious organizations that are um, not tolerant of transgender people. I wanted to go and mm-hmm. essentially into the lion's den and speak, and we had some of the folks from the churches there, the intolerant churches, in the audience. And one of them, because part of my theme is always talking about surviving the human condition. That's one of the commonalities that all of us humans have. And I had somebody get up in the audience and say to me, well, you know, you keep talking about commonalities and surviving the human condition, but he said, you know, but humans generally are evil. Mm. You know, how do you account for that evil? You know, and, and I backed up from him and I said, well, hold on a second. When I say surviving the human condition, what I mean is you get up on a cold winter morning, you know, and, and it's 20 below and your car, your car engine won't start. And if you don't get to work, you're going to lose your job. That's the kind of surviving human condition. But later on, I had somebody else from the church come to me or one of those churches come to me and quote a Bible verse about how humans are evil. And, and, and then she you know, what proceeded to tell me that she absolutely believed that humans are evil. 
And I think and, that, yeah. And, and, and broke my heart because I don't believe that. Go ahead. Well, I think there's there's that underlying the original sin component, which, which many, you know, depending upon your interpretation of that, you can interpret it very literally and say that, yes, we are born of this evil original sin aspect, or we are you know, have a have this this spark of joy and altruism and everything else coming from our hearts. And I think, you know, and again, I am not a psychologist who puts people on the couch and, and looks at their history and, and does therapy, but I would I would think about this from the perspective of those people that are coming at this world as evil and that we have this evil core. Who are viewing the world through that through, lens? Through it, through that lens, you have to you have to wonder what their childhood was like, where how they were raised, right? So, we are right. we are an embodiment of the all of the context that we have been raised in, all of the elements that are brought to us and put in place for us. You know, you look at a lot of early childhood things and attachment theory and various different aspects of, you know, how you felt. Did you feel safe as a child? Right. I mean, at your right. very youngest ages. And that has a huge component of how we are, look at the view, again, that lens that you were talking about, the lens of how we view the world. Do we view the world as a safe place? You know, that, hey, I was crying and I got comforted and somebody came or I was crying and nobody came for me. And so this this outside world is evil versus this outside world is comforting and safe. You know, it's and I think that uh, so it's show 100. I can do some reflecting. Um, you know, I think that there's some ir- ironies here about me being such an idealist. OK, because here I am, a transgender woman who does not pass 100 percent for female because the voice doesn't match the appearance. <laughs> what? You, oh, <laughs> I would have never guessed. Oh, more while I love you. OK, but. But here I am, and, and, and I know that in places in this country right now, I would be unsafe. And certainly there are countries in this world I cannot go to. Yeah. Okay? But I have this, I have this very positive view about humans, you know? I have a saying that 98% of all humans are good, good empathetic hearts, 2% total sociopaths, okay? <laughs> but I do. And so... How do we get there with that? Is that just Ellie Krug being naive, or is it not? Not that I'm looking for a, you know, a, an armchair kind of a diagnosis, but <laughs> no. But so, so one of the interesting pieces, and you pointed me to an article earlier about that was in the Atlantic that was talking about you know kindness or actually how we are kind of unkind and, and different things. And there's a new institute going in at the University of UCLA, the Bedari uh, Institute of Kindness, and they're studying kindness, and it's it's really interesting. One of the Dr. The, Kurt, I want to get to the Badari, but we've got a caller. So right. we've got Sue from Golden Valley who's called in. She wants to talk about uh, the OK Boomer issue. Sue, you're no. on the air. We've got a couple of minutes while to take a break, but Sue, we might have you after the break, too. Go ahead, Sue. Okay, thank you. Uh, I enjoy your show. And so um, I just, I'm a, I'm a boomer, and um, I wanted to, uh, I wish people would talk about it a little bit more. Um, I'm, I have the fear that this whole issue is something that maybe the right wing created to cause more distance between people, especially in the Democratic Party. It seems like, a, you know, just a thing created to divide. And uh, when you think of, you know, I can name uh, boomers, okay, Stonewall, anti-war protests, women's rights, civil rights. Are they really going to say, okay, boomer to John Lewis? I just think it's a really 
um, ridiculous um, thing. Okay, well, and I, I just like to hear more about it. All right, well, thanks, Sue. Thanks so much for calling in and asking about OK Boomer. So, Dr. Kurt, what what's your understanding of the OK Boomer movement, and what do you think? Um, is it just a kind of a facade to create division? I, I don't know if it's a facade to create division, but I do I do think it's a generational component. And if you look back in history, there have always been these generational perceived differences when in reality more than likely at least in my experience and this is I, I have a strong belief about this is that it's the life stages that we're in right i mean my i'm a gen xer um and so i remember being you know raising up and being told you're lazy you know gen x's don't do anything all this other component and then i look and those same words were talked about millennials right and then you look back and you look back into roman history and there's some and i can't quote these but there's you know the lazy little kids of today and everything and so that's how it goes aristotle yes yeah talking about those teens there you go see <laughs> and and I think there's a generational difference where we don't understand. We don't take the time to understand the where people are coming from and where they are in their life's journey. And I think oftentimes with, with uh, the younger generations, this happens because we view the point through we, – we always view life through our own mindset. We do. And our own experiences. And so that's how it comes. And – so they don't understand the, the aspects. And as she said, uh, the, the caller said, you can't you can't say those things to people who have gone through the things that they've gone. And they just don't necessarily – they may not realize that history. They may not realize the, the component. But you also have to understand the older generation doesn't necessarily understand fully what the today's generation well, is going Well, particularly through. with all the student debt that they've got, with all the other pressures, the social media. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll pick up a little bit more about OK Boomers and the, our – our regular theme about kindness. So, listeners, I've been. This is Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio Live. Did I say that enough? Live with uh, Dr. Kurt Nelson. Um, uh, please give us a call. Ask us questions. Tell me what you think about the show. 952-946-6205. We'll be back from this break and we'll continue on with this live show. Thanks. <laughs> East Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, I'm Frank Brown, owner of the only minority-owned union print shop in Minnesota. Do you work with political campaigns? Yes, we have years of experience helping campaigns. Do you help with design? Yes, our employees have over 100 years of industry experience and are the best at what they do. So you print anything a political campaign might need? Yes, we print everything. 
Work with a printer for your political campaign that shares your values. Miniman Press Uptown. Learn more at mpuptown.com. Miniman Press Uptown. We print everything. At Better Futures Minnesota, we transform the lives of men and support Minnesota's environment by working towards zero waste. Our approach reaffirms each man's dignity and supports self-sufficiency. Better Futures Minnesota is a work training model. Through our reuse, retail warehouse, and supervised work crews with specialized in residential and commercial building deconstruction, property maintenance, appliance recycling, and janitorial services, we demonstrate ways to employ hire-to-employ men on a pathway to independence. Hire our work crews at BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Twin Cities Ballet is proudly celebrating 10 years of a Minnesota Nutcracker at Ames Center in Burnsville, December 13th through the 15th. Twin Cities Ballet presents this beloved holiday classic with a Minnesota twist and is one of the most attended, must-see holiday events in the Twin Cities. Twin Cities Ballet's A Minnesota Nutcracker will provide delightful entertainment for your whole family. Tickets on sale now at TwinCitiesBallet.org. TwinCitiesBallet.org. And we're back on LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio Live. (laughs) I just, please give us a call. I love hearing from my listeners. Sue, thank you for calling in about the OK Boomers. Our number is 952-946-6205. Before we took the break, Dr. Kurt, I've got Dr. Kurt Nelson from the Lantern Group and the... Behavioral Grooves. Behavioral Grooves, yes. You should write that down, Ellie, so you've got that. Um, (laughs) Uh, and that's Behavioral Grooves uh, podcast, so yes. people can go to that. So um, before we took the break, we were talking about, uh, because we got the call about OK Boomers and whether that is just another way of separating, dividing people. And, and off the air, you and I talked about how our younger people, so um, our Gen X a little bit, but certainly our millennials, and now Gen Z for sure, mm-hmm. how they are so much more focused on diversity and on inclusion. I mean, I'm seeing this in my work. It's younger people, um, quotation marks around that phrase, but who who really are pushing for organizations to be more inclusive, to be more um, diverse. And, and it's older folks, you know, the boomers, because I'm a boomer. You know, many of them, uh, many organizations are run by older white-colored men, cisgender men, and they don't necessarily get that whatsoever. So you can talk about generational differences, and some of them are very important generational pushing for change. Well, and I think there's some aspects that there are realities out there in the world. And and so, again, pointing those realities out, we, we like to filter our own world so that we feel good about ourselves. I mean, it's just a nat- natural human condition, yep, right? Yep. We, Cognitive we, dissonance. Co- well, yeah, and co- <laughs> uh, you know, confirmation bias. We we can see the exact same thing, two different people, and you will interpret it very differently. And it is actually a real interpretation in the way our brains process that information. Yep. So we don't like feeling that cognitive dissonance that you talked about. And we will do a lot in order to make sure that we don't feel that. And so... Uh, well, I don't necessarily agree with the the way of an OK Boomer because I think that in and of itself kind of is disparaging to a certain degree. It is, for sure. But in some instances, it might be pointing out some real realities of the fact. Like you said, are there organizations that don't have a diverse you know, component? Are you... Are you going falling back on pre-held beliefs that may not have uh, 
aspect that you really want to look back on. And so I think it's a good opportunity for us to all take an, take an opportunity to do some self-reflection, depend, regardless of whatever generation you're in, and say, why are they saying that? Why am I saying that? Why, why do I feel I need to say that? And why are people responding that way? Right. And, and, and this uh, really dovetails into the, in the work that I'm doing out in the world, the training work where I'm coming into organizations and saying, look, we need to approach everything from the aspect that we're all human, mm-hmm. that we're all trying to survive the human condition. Some have different challenges because of the color of the skin or the religion that they practice or who they love or who they go to bed as. But in the end... All of us want certain core things in life, including to be free of physical or emotional violence. All of us want to be loved. All of us want to love. We do. These are basic core human values. We want to be heard. We want to have our voice recognized. We have a a lot of those factors that come into play. And so all of that has to be... You have to look at that from the perspective of saying, where is everybody, where am I coming from, first off? And do I have some blinders on that might be keeping me from that? Or is there something that maybe I can help and teach, to your point? I can maybe expand this idea, this this perspective out there and get others to be looking at things from a different perspective. Absolutely. Listeners, we're speak, uh, speaking to a Dr. Kurt Nelson of the Lantern Group and, be, and the podcast Behavioral Grooves. Give us a call. Tell me what you think about what our conversation is today or what you like about LE 2.0 Radio or maybe what you don't like. I mean, I'm always trying to make it good. The number is 952-946-6205. Remember, this is show 100. You're not going to get me live. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe for another hundred shows. It's assuming I live that long. So, um, Dr. Kurt, now, before we uh, got that call about OK Boomer, you started talking about the Bedori Kindness Institute out at UCLA. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And, and what, what is, I mean, I, I love the concept of studying kindness and compassion about humans. Yeah, My God. Kindness, altruism, <laughs> generosity, all of those factors. And so it's, research has not, there's not been a lot of, concerted research around it. And so this this institute is being put put together with a wide variety of researchers. So they're coming at it from an evolutionary anthropology perspective, psychology, sociology, a variety of different perspectives coming in, which I think is the fascinating part of this. Because you look at, think about kindness and, oh, is there, well, is it just a psychological component or is there a sociological component? What is that evolutionary element right. that we have? So it's really fascinating. And, and the the... The leader of it, Dan Fessler, Dr. Dan Fessler, had one of the best quotes that I thought. And he said, goodness is contagious, right? Absolutely. And and there's a lot of evidence for that, right? And you mentioned, I think, before the show, the the ad from that insurance company where somebody opened the door, smiled at him, and then you saw that, that movement going on and further and people picking things up and, yep. and doing it. And there's been there's – been, uh, things within McDonald's drive throughs Yes, talk about that. Yeah, so there was a, a McDonald's drive through in Scottsburg, uh, Indiana, back in 2017 on Father's Day. And this woman looked back and she saw a father with four kids back in the car. And so she said, hey, she's going through the drive through I want to pay for the, the car behind me. And then that father 
said, well, well, that was great, and ended up paying for the car behind him, and and so forth and so on. It it went on for 167 cars. Oh, my God. Now, the, there's a little caveat there because the, the team had to help in, like, a couple times because they just didn't want to see it stopping. But the McDonald's crew pooled their own money in order to do yep, that. more kindness. So, so, again, it was more kindness. More goodness, yep. But I think what's really interesting about that, and the, this aspect of we just need some nudges to really have that kindness yep. extrapolate out and to be this thing that keeps rolling and moving on. Yep. Yeah. Well, we need modeling. We need modeling. We need that help to say, yes, this is this is how we should do it. And this is this is the way and somebody does it for you. And we have this element of reciprocity. Right. So we right. want to we if somebody does a good deed for us, we want to return that good deed. And so the more that people can do that, the greater that that expands. And I think that can only be good. Well, and the, and the thing is, and we're going to have to take a break here in a second. But the thing is, is humans, we we, we are a society of storytellers, story yeah. listeners. Yes. That I mean, th- now we're back to the hunter gatherers <laughs> telling the stories around the fire the narrative. Right. You know, and what's the narrative <clears throat> that we tell ourselves? You know, and so, all right, well, listen, uh, we've got to take a break, listeners, but you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on uh, Ellie 2.0 Radio. We are live. Um, we would love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Tell me whether you've liked this show or not. Go visit my website at elliekrug.com as well, and we'll be back in a second. Thanks. Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. I'm Dr. Thomas Adams, President and CEO of Better Futures Minnesota. 
We're a social enterprise dedicated to rebuilding lives through housing, workforce development, health and family engagement, and coaching supports that give men the skills and relationships they need to succeed. Better Futures Minnesota engages men who had a history of incarceration, homelessness, poverty, untreated mental and physical health challenges to help them achieve self-sufficiency and a better future for themselves and their communities. Visit us at BetterFuturesMinnesota.com to learn how you can support our enterprise. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we got snow with a temperature of 13. Tonight's mostly cloudy with a low around negative 2. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 4. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 1. And Thursday, mostly cloudy with a high near 21. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Nightingale. They offer something for everyone's taste buds, from seafood to unbelievable vegetarian options. Come try their thoughtfully crafted cocktails at 2551 Lindale Avenue South. More details at eatlocalminnesota.com. And we're back on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. We are live. This is show number 100 for Ellie 2.0 Radio. Listeners, I would love to hear from you. We've had one listener call so far. I'd like to get at least three more before we're, the show is over, which will be in less than a half hour. Our number is 952-946-6205. Give me a call. We are, I'm talking with Dr. Kurt Nelson of the Lantern Group and uh, the podcast Behavioral Grooves. Um, about kindness and human human kindness and happiness, um, and uh, before we took the break, Dr. Kurt, we were we were talking about the Bedari Kindness Institute and and studying um, kindness in humans. You were talking about how kindness is contagious, yes. you know, very much so. And then, though, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, what about the question? And, and we talked about how mo- if you model kindness, if you model compassion, other people pick up on that and they feel that it's acceptable and that it becomes one of the norms for the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what about where where that's not the modeling, okay? And, and of course, um, you know, my show is not about division, it's about unity, but of course we have to make the observation of what's going on in the country right now because we have, we have leadership that is not talking at all about kindness. Right. It's talking about fear, right? And um, and 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 causing people to to become afraid. So, how does fear interact with all of this kindness and, and happiness thing? Well, we talked about kindness being contagious, and you, then we started talking about narratives and various different aspects of of the the story that we tell. And there's an element of social norms too that goes the opposite. So, if you switch that social norm from being kind and loving to being fearful and hateful. That impacts how people respond. And there is lots of research out there that shows if you have the narrative, that the, the common narrative that says, hey, we need to divide and we need to the others and using those kinds of languages, yep. then people start seeing those people as others as opposed to finding the commonalities. They're looking for the differences. And it's a real easy – it's an easy trail to go down. Because right. our brains, again, you know, evolved. We're evolved to, to, to stay alive. And, you know, others were scary back in that hunter-gatherer day. Right. We didn't know them. They weren't part of that community that we were accustomed to. There's a risk in allowing those people in, whether that be germs, whether it be, you know, war, whether it be fighting, all of those factors. And so there's a part of us that has that, too. Right. Of course, we have those same risks within our 
Um, Our hunter-gatherer group and as we well. Probably, and, and if you actually look at the, the world today, it's, it's our intergroup. Um, are actually more dangerous and more, you know, more fearful to us than any other group. And well, you of course. look at that across the board. Well, look at the, the rates of domestic violence. Exactly. You know, just, I mean, they're astronomical. You we know? become, we come, we're much more emotionally engaged, and so it's the emotions that cause those triggers that yep. lead us to the violent acts and various yep. different pieces. So. And sexual assault usually exactly. is occurred by somebody you know versus a stranger, yes. And yet we're more fearful of that stranger then it, because it is it is hardwired uh, to a degree into our thing but it's also the narrative that we've been told that uh, for since we are kids you don't you know don't take the piece of candy from the stranger right right you don't do that that is part of how we have been raised and so we start thinking that way and that gets you know it's the lens that we right. look at that we've talked about yeah so but much. then it turns out to be the best you know the family friend who offers the candy <laughs> and then and then of course after that there's sexual assault exactly you know? <clears throat> so all right. Well, listeners, I'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. This is the 100th show of LE 2.0 Radio. Uh, you will not get me live on this uh, show again for many, many shows. So it's your opportunity to call and ask any questions. Um, and uh, so, Dr. Kurt, how do we get past, okay? We've got leadership now talking mm -hmm. about othering, and I am other, mm -hmm. uh, talking about... Um, Talking about closing, you know, our group, tr closing our, our tribal identities, although I don't like to use that phrase for a couple of reasons. But, you know, we have leadership here who is drawing all kinds of lines, making <clears throat> us as Americans afraid, making us as, um, as you know, as, as uh, rural Americans, you know, separating even that group further out versus urban Americans, you know, how do we deal with this? So a, a lot of it, I think, comes down to how do we view, how, what's that self-identity that we hold? Do we hold ourselves as a rural American or an urban American, or do we hold that self-identity as we are an American? Right. And oftentimes that is driven through fear, as we said. So they're driving that fear. If there's an outward threat that threatens America from a, a larger piece, then we, we tend to gather. Like 9-11. Like 9-11. Nine you look at the world after 9-11 and, and how we came together. How we came together not only as Americans, but as the world when France and, you know, saying we're all Americans now, right? And, right, absolutely. And, and, and so, NATO NATO saying attack on, it's the only time NATO ever invoked uh, Article, what is it, Article 51, which or, said, you know, that there's an attack it, on one. There's an attack on all, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's that, again, the story, the narrative that we tell ourselves. And so we have to, we have to change the story and we have to get that story up. There was some real interesting research again this is going down a different rabbit hole uh oigden demont again a uh, social uh, norm scientist at the university of pennsylvania did some really interesting work about n norms and charity work and how different elements of charity work and they he, he showed that you know most people are pretty charitable right we give we give to charity except for when all of a sudden we see one cheater there's one bad apple in the mix and all of a sudden that brings everybody else down and it doesn't really yeah and and the the contrary doesn't work brings them down in the sense that they they, they will more likely cheat they will more likely not give as much they will okay. keep more for themselves if okay. they see one other doing okay. that okay all right um 
but the piece that that uh, so and the opposite doesn't work, right? If you have a group of bad apples and you put a good Samaritan in there, bad apples are still bad apples, right? Okay. So that's, okay. That's All there. right. Now the bad apples are a small, small subset of the larger, larger group. Um, but what he found, and this is the fascinating part, is that if you have a strong uh, referential network that is doing good, so that you are looking to those people that you admire and and kind of follow and and uh, look up to, that it, and it doesn't even have to be a strong component. If they're doing good, then you're not as you're, you're not as pulled down by that bad apple that's doing those bad things. And so I think we need to be looking at those people out there that we can look up to, that we can say, this is the model that I want to be right. and really push that narrative and push that uh, element out there in the, in, into the world as opposed to those bad apples that are out there. Well, so Ellie Krug, non-psychologist, okay, <laughs> um, but I will tell you, my, you know, my worldview is generally, as I said, 98% of all people are good, 2% are total sociopath. Out of that 98% of good people, I'd say that maybe there is a core of a third to a half of the 98 that, you know, consistently all the time mm-hmm. are, you know, good, looking for goodness, acting in good ways. And then there's the rest of that 98% that can go either way yeah. <clears throat> that are, but that are, but are influenced by our leadership, influenced by social media influenced maybe by a best friend, you know, influenced because we as humans, we, we go, we, we, that influencing is about us wanting to be accepted, isn't it? That's, that's a big part of it. And you mentioned, you know, being influenced by models and, and social media. Uh, and then you also said friends. And then that's a key piece because friends actually have some of the biggest impacts on not only our behavior, but how we think. And so surrounding yourself with a group of people who are uh, positive and good and kind will result in you being more positive, good, and kind. Again, and looking at your social media feeds, who are what are you feeding in? Are you feeding in goodness? Are you feeding in diversion or divisiveness, not diversion, divisiveness and, and hatred? And so you can curate your own social media feed. You can curate who you listen to. And that's not to say that you don't want to face reality and, and say and just put your head down in a hole and this is my little group. And you need to make sure that you're you're seeing what's going on out in the world. But make sure that you get those goodness people that are coming back to you that you can get recharged and so that you right. don't get dragged down into the mire and that you're not, you know, as I said, that bad apple spoiling the whole barrel. You don't want to have that one bad apple, you know, spoil who you are. Well, and, and you know, and so this thing about encountering people who influence you. So in, you know, I'm, I'm transgender and, um, and so on the LGBTQ alphabet, very often people when they come out as lesbian, gay or bisexual or transgender or queer, you know, they lose people. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we lose people in our community and people who love us, you know, and I, I, I always speak about the need to keep your, if you're on that alphabet, to keep your heart open if you've lost somebody because that makes it easier for them to come back. But what I find with great frequency is that maybe someone has lost, you know, a a relative or a dear friend because they came out on the alphabet. 
But then that person comes back, and the reason many times that person has come back is because somebody else in their family has come out, you know, as LGBTQ, or their best friends, like, you know what, guess what, I'm, you know, my grandson now is my granddaughter, Yeah. you know, and the intolerant person's like, well, what do you think about that? And then the person who's got the, the you know, the child in their life says, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. You know, and then that causes the intolerant person to rethink about how they perceive the other person in life that they've rejected. It's a reframing of, of how do you look, and we talked about this off air, finding those commonalities instead of the differences, right? right? And, and we are much more alike as humans than we are different. And, with, you know, we, if you took a person out of any background and different things and you raise them in a different environment— you know they're gonna they're gonna grow up differently. That being said, we we know that we have these common facets that we all strive for. We strive. We want our kids to have a better life than than we do. We want to have uh, feel like we have meaning in this world. We want to, you know, be successful in whatever manner that means to us. And so those are all facets that, yes, if if you're the you know rural farmer out there, if you're the corporate executive over here, or you're anywhere in between, we can find those common features. And, and when we find those common features, we find the humanity. And so to your, your point, somebody who might have distanced themselves because, you know, they didn't understand what that meant, now they're coming back and saying, oh, you really still are that person that I appreciated. Now, hopefully, I've had my eyes opened up in a different way. Right, right. And, and I mean, underlying all of this is a willingness for humans to continue to be curious. Yes. You know, and, and, and continue to um, want to take some risks in life. You know, and and while I think that there are a segment of, of people that think it's much easier to double down, to not take risks, to just be with your community, I mean, it's so um, limiting. Yeah. And, you know, and and your world is going to get continue to get smaller and smaller because, you know, people just kind of leave this earth. And so, <laughs> you know, if you're not curious, and I, and that's for me with uh, part of the work that I do is is trying to ignite, you know, in a kind and gentle way, people's willingness to be curious about other humans. Right. So I had talked a little bit about, you know, making sure that you have that that close network of friends that are good and kind and various different things. And what you're you're bringing up, I think, is a really important clue. You don't want to isolate yourself just around that that friend group. You want to make sure that you are pushing out beyond and 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 getting different viewpoints, because that can be a really interesting insight into us going back to the okay boomer question that you know we so why are they saying that why are are they they saying that to you and, and why are you saying that to somebody and maybe there's a kernel of curiosity there that we should be looking at that as instead of taking you know instead of taking offense offense is saying so what is it that is driving that and then right. go out and find out why that is yeah so let's why don't why can't we just get in a room and have a conversation exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> all right well listen uh, we've got to take a break uh, listeners you're listening to me Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 radio on AM 950 I've been speaking with Dr. Kurt Nelson of the uh, Lantern Group and and the podcast Behavioral Grooves um, if you like what you hear, um, will you give us a call at 952-946-6205? You're going to get one last segment, one last chance to call in and, and talk to me live. So when you come back, we'll get our last segment in. Thanks. 
There are so many times in life when it's important to have a plan. I'm attorney Rachel Schroman, and I can tell you from experience that so much pain can be prevented with an estate plan or an arrangement for long-term care costs. I work with families with many different dynamics and budgets, and my goal is always to give them peace of mind while helping them protect their legacy. Learn more about me at schromanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Imagine cyber criminals waiting outside your network, probing for weaknesses. What if you're next? But what if you had a team of experts to navigate you through these what-if waters? Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark with a unique offer, a free network security assessment. We'll uncover the hidden threats to your business and provide you with a map to peace of mind. Call 651-328-8900 or go to rymarkit.com to schedule your free security assessment and stop drowning in what-ifs. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. At Better Futures Minnesota, we believe everyone deserves a fair shot. We believe in personal redemption and second chances, and that those who are dedicated to change and hard work should have the opportunity to achieve success and make a positive impact in the community. The men we embrace and serve have made mistakes, but they aren't bad people. We work with men who take responsibility for their past and are committed to doing better, who work to create a better life for themselves, their family, and the community. Learn more at BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. And we're back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. This is me, your lovely host is with the most is Ellie Krug talking to you live. I mean, my goodness. Uh, I would, uh, we've got uh, like seven and a half minutes here. I would love to have a caller call in at 952-946-6205. We would love to hear from you. And, um... And uh, I want everyone to know, if you're keeping track of what my work is, you can go to elliekrug.com because hot off the press is my 2018-2019 impact report. If you go to my website, you'll see a, a menu item for impact reports. You can go to my website, look at the 2018-2019 impact report and get an idea of what I'm doing. All right, I've got Mark from Cleveland, Ohio, who loves the show. Mark, you're on the line. Are you actually Hi. in Cleveland? <laughs> Well, I'm actually in a suburb called Berea, but um, well, I just want to tell you that I've been listening to your show on the Internet, and, and I enjoy it, and um, uh, I, I'm glad that you're doing a show about idealism and kindness and keep up the good work, and I had a suggestion for an idealist you could talk about. Oh, who would that be? Does the name Ludwig Lazar Zamenhof mean anything to you? No. 
Okay, he was the creator of, you've heard of Esperanto, the international language, right? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but he's the creator of it, Esperanto? He was, yeah. He lived in the uh, 19th century. In fact, he died uh, during World War One. But anyway, um, he created a, a language that was um, meant to be everyone's second language and uh, was was meant to be uh, easy to learn as uh, a means to facilitate communication between um, uh, people and countries and, and cultures and uh, you know, basically meant to be the language of, of peace and uh, friendship. And um, it still has a thriving culture today, uh, uh, more than a century after it was created. Okay. Well, you know what? I did not know that, but I am very thankful that you've called to tell me about this because I'm going to go read up it on Ludwig and uh, Esperanto International Language. So thanks for yeah, calling. Esperanto, yeah, if I could suggest a couple of resources, Esperanto.net and Esperanto.org. Okay. All right. And, and, and as I said, I, I, I like your show. You have a really unique perspective, um, and um, it's good to hear you on the radio every week. And I also wanted to say hi to your psychiatrist friend whose name I didn't get, but I'm glad that, that the two of you were talking. Dr. Kurt Nelson. All right. Well, thanks for calling from from Ohio, Mark. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Have a great week. What do you know, Dr. Kurt? We're 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 at least national right now. This <laughs> radio go. show going. And so, well, it, well, I think Mark actually brings up a really abso- interesting piece. This go common language. I think some of the the Absolutely. facets that we just talked about and the differences that we have and that those divisions of putting people in buckets is a one that we because we can't communicate with them, right? Right. We don't have a common way of being able to tell a story, that narrative, and so having. I would love to have a common second language for every person in, in this world to think how much broader we could expand the horizons of who we get to interact with and find out about and find that, hey, that person in in Southern Asia versus that person in Africa versus that person, you know, here in Ohio or Minnesota. Right. We're, we're more alike than we are different. Well, and so, yeah, it was really great, Mark. Thank you for calling about this because I had no idea. Either did I. So, you know, and so obviously uh, this will be something I'll go back and look at about Esperanto. Um, so, Dr. Kurt, we've got a couple of minutes left, and um, I'd like to go back to the Badari uh, okay. Kindness Institute. I really would. I mean, I have such great hope yeah. for this, you know, and... Um, we've got so Badari is somebody who's given twenty million bucks, right? Yeah, to twenty create... million dollars to create this this uh, place within UCLA that they are studying the the aspects of kindness and gratitude and altruism. So hopefully, to your point, I think there's hope because if we can, what, what I love about the work that I do and the work that others that are doing in this is we're trying to understand what are the the factors that drive these different things. What are the levers? Right. I'm looking at human behavior, trying to understand why people do what they do. These people are looking specifically around kindness and those aspects. And so the the more that we can understand what drives kindness and and why we do it, the more that we can hopefully make kindness this common piece that happens throughout the country and throughout the world. So, Well, and I think that that's one of the, you know, know, I've got a a newsletter, The Ripple, Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, now, which I'll, is fantastic for anybody that hasn't signed up. It's my I get a big joy every month. So, well, 
but that's the point. That's exactly what I just wanted to – I brought up the ripple about is because I hear from people that it makes them happy because, you know, I have stories about how yeah. humans are good to each other. You know, and of course, we go on social media and it looks like all we do is hate each other. <laughs> you know, but the reality is – and we're now back to where we started. Yeah. The reality is that we all really do care about each other far more than anyone gives us credit for. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're in an atmosphere right now where that is not the message. The message is that we are all afraid. Mm. The message is that humans are not good if they're not part of your group, a part of your tribe, that, that those humans are to be feared and all of that. And, and you know, we've got uh, about a minute now. Last remarks. How do we get past that, Dr. Kurt? Uh, again... It's, it's not easy. <laughs> Something's going to happen, has to happen in November of 2020. Well, I think that can be a big piece because there's a big, we talked about the narrative that gets, that gets spread, right? And, and that narrative is a really the, it, it helps create the social norm that we live in. And social norms drive a lot of our behavior. And so if we can change that narrative from the, the bully work, uh, you know, that, that big pundit that's up there in, in, our, in those leadership positions, into one of kindness and to gratitude and to loving as opposed to divisiveness and hate and separation and fear, then we can shift. Now, is that going to happen overnight? Are people that are going to be on one end of the spectrum or the other, are they going to all together come and sing kumbaya? No. But as you said, that 60% of the 98% that you have in there you can shift those people. You can. You can shift those people into, uh, you know, a more kind, gentler, nicer community. Well, Dr. Kurt, I could talk with you all day, and I've just so appreciated you being on LE 2.0 Radio, my 100th show live. I just thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, and listeners, uh, Mark and Sue, who called in, thank you for doing that, listeners. And for those of you who are listening to my show regularly, Please know that I appreciate it. I also need to appreciate my sponsors, Brending Electrolysis. Let Bev know over in St. Paul I sent you because she does great work. And Better Futures Minnesota, who you hear from about them doing, uh, giving people second chances. A huge thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson, because Brett got here several hours early in order for us to do this live show. Brett, you know I love you. And to all of you, go out, be kind to people, do good things. This is a good world. Humans are good to each other. Have compassion for others and for yourself. And I'll be back next week. Thanks so very much.